0: Visit www.paulsonandnace.com or call 202-463-1999. Today on CityCast DC, there is more worry about the future of downtown DC. Plus, snow! Remember that? It snowed. And it might snow again, and people in the city have thoughts about how we handled it. I'm here with Julia Karen and Dan Reed, And we're also talking about the joy of pocket parks and how there's a new one on the horizon. Today is Friday, January 19th. I'm Michael Schaefer, and here's what DC is talking about. Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you? So uh, it's a season of worry about downtown DC. I mean, going back to the pandemic, vastly accelerated by the announcement that the Wizards and Capitals want out of the downtown arena. And the latest piece of bad news is that Fannie Mae, the mortgage giant, uh, which had uh, an enormous presence in this uh, trophy property where the Washington Post used to be, has announced it's leaving. Like five years earlier, it wants out of its lease. You know, it's it's weird. On the one hand, it's Fannie Mae is an odd case. It's you know, it's it's in conservatorship. It's not organization at the peak of its powers. But given everything, given there's like a twenty percent office vacancy rate that uh, people have just not come back to offices. That a lot of other downtown businesses and so on that rely on office workers have closed or felt stress. uh, This is sort of being taken as yet another sign of ill health for uh, for downtown. And it's sort of a frightening ongoing conversation, you know.
1: So this is basically a death knell, is what they're saying.
0: That's what the, I don't know if I agree <laughs> with that. What, what do you think, Dan? This is sort of your world of interest. What? What? It, I mean, are you as blue as everyone else about the future of downtown?
2: Uh no. <laughs> I I think it is natural for folks to to feel a lot of growing pains. This is a time of like a lot of transitions happening. But I think. There is a vision I can see out there for a downtown that looks a lot more like the downtowns of, say, like Philadelphia or like other big American cities where like people live downtown. And as a result, there's like stuff to do after five o'clock and there's people around and it like feels like a place all of the time as opposed to the downtown we have, which, you know, in the before was really active only during the day and kind of died in the evenings. So I guess. I'm not mourning the downtown that was.
0: We've talked about this on our podcast. Um this idea of converting office buildings to residential ones, it's much more complicated than than a layperson uh, would think. And in general, the the mayor's uh, announced intention to bring a bunch of residents back downtown. Do you actually you know, I I've, I've been kind of not especially bullish on that. Do you or do you think it's it's actually more likely?
2: I think so. It is hard to convert office buildings for a lot of reasons The I guess the simplest way to answer is they're just configured differently than apartment buildings. So it's hard to do like a one for one. But that may not stop developers from demolishing some of the older office buildings from like the 50s and 60s
3: mm.
2: and just building back an apartment building. Like you, you could do that and be a lot more straightforward. I think it is going to be a much more organic process than boosters may expect it to be like you can't you can't force it
1: one thing that i'm noticing and this came out in the washingtonian is that dc is actually the number one city for adapted reuse of commercial buildings which i think is like fascinating
0: but the other thing that's going on and that i think people are rather scared about is that commercial real estate provides a big chunk of the city's tax revenue which pays for things like schools and cops And reasons why you might want to live someplace—that is to say, public safety, decent services—if in the meantime during this transition they take a huge hit in terms of things that support the quality of life, uh, who's going to want to actually live in those nice converted buildings you're talking about?
2: Yeah, that's that's a real concern. And so, you know, it is a good thing I think if downtown has a more diverse like tax. Base from like lots of different things. In the long term, I think it will make everything a lot healthier, but doesn't guarantee a smoother ride getting there.
0: The other thing is that the the gripe, you know, right or wrong, the gripe by uh, Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Wizards and Capitals, about the the current arena in, in Chinatown involves a lot of complaints about quality of life stuff. Mm. i have a feeling his the actual move is a business reasons on the on the Virginia side, but. That's been a complaint that a lot of people have recognized and seen as valid. That uh, that people are m- more uncomfortable coming down for games because of uh, petty crime, not so petty crime, chaos, drugs, etc. With like downtown kind of in the balance, or so it's said. Also worth pointing out, the activist group don't mute DC mute is an interesting word in this case because one of <laughs> Tecles's complaints was about noise and music. <laughs> um, <Well. laughs> uh, but this uh, they staged a protest ag- against the uh, Virginia arena, which with the idea, uh, I don't think there was any particular um, critique of the Virginia arena, but it was the Virginia arena would come at the cost of this big driver for downtown Washington. You know, I think a lot of people in DC are still hoping, that essentially nimbyism across the river is going to uh, save downtown D.C.'s bacon.
1: Very unlikely allies in this in this fight to have the Caps and Wiz stay downtown. Yeah, I think it's, obviously it remains to be seen like what happens. I think if Ted wants to move the teams, he's going to move the teams. And I think in terms of downtown, like it's going to have to be a shift and the political leaders and the council are going to have to figure out very, very quickly what they want downtown to be and lead on it and be like, all right, if we're converting all these old commercial buildings as fast as we can into apartments, like they got to put their foot down and kind of do it Mm -hmm. and and not balk, you know?
0: I don't know. Maybe I just lack the imagination. I know. (laughs) Downtown Washington, comma, bedroom community. I know. uh, I don't know. We'll see. Ask me when we get there, I guess. Ask in
1: 2029 when Fannie Mae moves out. David, thanks for chatting with me. So like you and I both have cars in the DC metro area and sometimes they're great, but sometimes they can be a hassle. And I heard you had car issues, man.
3: Yes, my car, like me, is old and falling apart. (laughs) And so I wanted to get it fixed. But one of the truly unpleasant tasks I find in the world is getting your car fixed because you have to take it usually somewhere extremely distant, extremely inconvenient, arrange some alternate form of transportation. And so I heard about Rota, rota Rota.com. And I went on the Rota.com website. And they will come and pick your car up, take it from you, and then do the work and bring it back to you. And so I made an appointment on Roto, which was easy as pie, beautiful user interface, um, for the work that I wanted done. The valet showed up at around 10 o'clock at my house as exactly on time, very easy, just handed him my keys. He drove off with my car. About an hour later, April called me. She said, here are some things that we found with your car in addition to what you want to do. She sent me videos that Michael- Wait, did. that's incredible. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm not a car nerd, so I like want to know the nitty gritty of what's happening because I, I don't know stuff. A
3: million percent. They sent me this video. There was a particular belt that was had broken and they sent me a video of it and they sent me a list of sort of, here are the things that were recommended. Here are the things that seemed urgent to fix and I could choose what I wanted to fix and sent that back to them, which took me like, three minutes. Michael, the technician, fixed it. They then texted me and said, oh, your car's on the way back. My car was back in front of my house at 2.30. I'd given it to them at 10. It was back in front of my house that afternoon. Also, note, the valet did a much better job parking in front of my house than I do. <laughs> Don't
1: they always?
3: So much closer to the curb. And it was an incredibly pleasant, super easy experience. And they were very trustworthy, trustworthy, they were clear about what they were going to fix and it was incredibly convenient.
1: Yeah, so this like seems like a dream. Uh I have used them before, but it's been a bit Would you use them again for something like this? I would
3: like use Roto again in a second. I would use Amazing. and they have a discount for us too for Citycast listeners. So if you nice. go to roto.com, they have the discount code Citycast20 and you get 20% off.
1: Sweet. Uh thoughts David, thank you so much for talking with me. Again, CityCast listeners, you get 20% off off any ROTA service up to $100 using the code CityCast20. So go to ROTA.com. That's R-O-D-A.com to book your appointment.
3: When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet Avida's Return which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at gallatheater.org or call 202-234-7174.
0: So speaking of uh, quality of life and things that people uh, credit or blame mayors for, oh God. Um, it's snowed. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. at least for me, who had to do a couple of errands, I found uh, my ability to get around town uh, super uh, easy and convenient. Uh, my my street was a tiny one block street, which if I was uh, ordering priorities and I didn't live there, uh, it would be about the last street to plow. <laughs> it was pretty clear, uh, very early. Granted, like this is that kind of participation trophy uh, oh, yeah. material because because it was like a three-inch snowstorm on, uh, or something on on Tuesday. Uh, but, you know, we're all like the the blind man describing the elephant <laughs> here and other people had different experiences, but that that was mine. What about you guys?
2: My street, also a little one-block street that I would assume would not get plowed first, was plowed like mid-morning on Tuesday and has been clear ever since. It was the sidewalks that were a problem for me.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, sidewalks in my area were like completely frozen over. Basically what happened is like it snows and then when the temperature drops to like mm-hmm. below freezing, right? You get all the ice. I should have busted out my ice skates and just skated <sighs> along the sidewalks to get to where I needed to go. My experience was was definitely a little bit different. Like so on Monday night, I went out for a birthday dinner and we had to drive and obviously stuff wasn't plowed yet and my thinking is, well, you know that this is coming. How have you not prepared? to like either clear the roads or salt Mm -hmm. them or stuff like that. Um, The bigger issue actually that people had was the airports where I had a friend who was flying back from Boston and she stayed at Logan overnight because they couldn't get planes to land at DCA. Wow. Yeah. And like, eventually she got back, but it was, it was a cluster.
0: Wait, Are you saying that, that somebody like, dropped the ball there? Or is this just like what happens when you try to fly in the winter, given what our airline safety rules are?
1: Ooh. This is a rant that I have about DC generally compared to most Northeast cities, which is most Northeast cities, when they know a snowstorm is coming, at airports, for the roads, stuff is ready to rock. Like Uh they know what's coming. The streets get plowed basically within an hour. Stuff happens. In DC, there's this waiting game of like, how bad does it get, and then stuff gets deployed. You know?
2: Yeah, once and twice shy.
1: Right. You know, isn't that a little weird?
2: <laughs> it feel, feels like a gradient. You know, it's a uh, it, it, I think of like southern cities, like you know Atlanta. A few years ago, got like bunch oh, of snow and things shut down for an, for 24 hours and people yep. were trapped in their cars. <laughs> oh yeah.
1: No, we're definitely um, not as bad as them, but there there is there is like a sliding scale of like response times.
0: And also on the thing of of uh icy sidewalks when you have a uh, a house that's on a corner uh, and the front of the house they will go out and shovel their sidewalk like they're supposed to but they forget about the part that's on the side that they mm-hmm. never look at that's on the other street that, um, is my that next seems neighbor. like that goes on a lot <laughs> plus like sidewalks in front of you know parks and institutions that might not be uh, uh out there like Harry homeowner every morning
2: my my other next door neighbor, like that, that was my yesterday, was yelling at the uh, food pantry on the corner of my street and the park across the street from them to shuffle their walks, which they did as of this morning.
1: The plus side is that kids got to experience a real snow day, like no Zoom school, mm-hmm. no online classes. Mike, you have kids. Did they enjoy in their illustrious oh, snow day? Yeah,
0: absolutely. They found a sledding hill and, Perfect. and everything.
1: Amazing. Yeah
2: uh in montgomery county kids got two snow days because Ooh. they were they were off on tuesday and then they were the school system called two-hour delay for wednesday and then at seven forty wednesday morning decided to cancel school like kids were on the school bus when they canceled school
0: guys that's, that's insane this is like a yeah. count, county of a million people
2: yeah, uh, one of the bad. biggest
0: in the country, and the kids <laughs> didn't go to school because it snowed for three inches.
2: I know. It, I mean, that's part of it. Like the county is so big that even if my street was clear, there are places twenty five miles away that they couldn't get the buses out of the lot or get the buses mm. down streets. Um, so, but the response time was so late, right? Normally, they if they're going to call school off, they would do it the night before or like very early in the morning. But like people had to change their their plans, like. After breakfast, in some cases, on their way.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say one of my favorite, endearingly nerdy parts of Washington is the organized uh, adult snowball fights yes. that happen on snow days. Oh
1: yeah, I, I love it. Like going down to the mall. Apparently, there was the Battle of Snopenheimer. We haven't yeah. had one since 2021. I know, I know, bad fun. <laughs> we we get it. But like, God, it is a favorite thing to just like. Go down there and huck snow at Rando's, and like everybody gets to be a little kid for just like even a couple of hours. It is a nice, refreshing thing about the city,
0: albeit in a very organized <laughs> type A Washington way. Oh, for sure. One of the news accounts I saw uh, was talked about there's this giant adult snowball fight on the mall between. The uh, Air and Space Museum and the National Gallery, and I thought it literally was like a fight between like the curators of oh uh, uh, these two museums, but it, they actually just meant in the physical area between these two buildings. That'd be um, perfect. But I would have been much more excited. Oh. Than, like some places have after-work softball leagues,
1: they have uh, snowball fights.
0: Yeah. It's time to get dressed up, D.C. So Others Might Eat is having its Young Professionals Network Spring Soiree. That's to help raise funds for homelessness in D.C. The gala is on the evening of May 17th at the National Museum of Women in the Arts. There will be live music from DJ Heat from the Washington Wizards, photo booths, food and even a special appearance by a former actor from Pretty Little Liars. Wow. There will also be a canned food drive. So be sure to bring a few cans to support Sums Food Pantry. Grab tickets before they're gone at some.org slash spring soiree. That's S O M E dot O R G slash spring soiree. See you there. So Dan, uh, you are a great lover of, uh, of, uh, I guess it's not a unique to Washington thing, but but we have a lot of them here, these pocket parks. Little parks. Or little parks. <laughs> There's a uh, proposal to build a new one in uh, Union Market.
2: Yes. Um, if uh, if you've been to Union Market, there is a little little triangle and, and sort of the, the backside, I think at the end of 4th Street, Northeast, uh, that one might look and say, that's going to be a building. It, it is not. Uh, there is an effort from uh, neighborhood residents to turn it into uh, a little park. It's about an acre in size, which in terms of like pocket parks, like, like a big pocket, like, like those like Jinko jeans from like the, the 90s and 2000s, like big, <laughs> those kind of pockets. <laughs> but it's an opportunity to give one of DC's fastest growing neighborhoods where a lot of people have moved in the past couple of years, uh, a place to go out and recreate.
0: I was kind of amazed by the price tag, given that it's just a little triangle.
1: Three it and is. a half mil? Three and a half mil.
2: It it could have been an apartment building. It's valuable sure. land.
1: sure.
0: <laughs> so what do you get for your three and a half mil?
2: Uh a very large triangle in which you could put maybe some green space, like a like a place for people to run around, like little kids and stuff, maybe a playground, maybe some benches and picnic tables, uh maybe a little little dog park or or a potty
0: spot. I mean, just to be clear, the, the, the three and a half mil is not the, as I understand it, is not the land. It's the cost to build. Mm-hmm. How can that stuff cost three and a half million?
2: Landscaping is deceptively expensive, right? Uh, like they have to prepare the land. I have um, gone into
0: the wrong industry.
2: <laughs> to prepare the land, you know, materials, plants are expensive. Labor costs are very high. Um, it's a constrained location, so we can't. You know, it's it's going to be more complicated setting things up than it would be if it was just like out in the suburb somewhere. You think about all the irrigation that you need for it, you mm-hmm. uh, know, electricity for lighting. Like it's, uh it is, it is, can be really complicated.
0: Do you have other spots in? I'm putting you on the spot, but <laughs> uh, in the DC or the DMV, where you think it would actually be, there's something that could be turned into a park for people. Oh man, I
2: don't want to give people ideas because uh, <laughs> a park is a great. Uh, when people don't want something, they will usually ask for it to be turned into a park. And sometimes it's a good idea, and sometimes it is not in good faith.
0: <laughs> so that's the way to get a park if you want one, is to get someone else to come in and propose like a tannery in the neighborhood. Oh,
1: yeah. Or an apartment yeah. building. That too. That's the other option. Right? All comes back to, to NIMBYs being like, no, actually, we want a park.
2: Exactly. Or or you can do like McMillan and demand that they turn it into a park when the plan was to actually turn part of it into a park, which they are now getting.
0: I think that this, I mean, between trying to gin up people in Alexandria to stop the arena and this, um, maybe uh, the secret to uh, getting what you want in a city is to weaponize NIMBYism. Oh my God. I, I continue to wish, wish the Dolray Citizens Association godspeed
2: in their efforts to keep the stadium in downtown DC. Awesome. Well, Dan and
0: Julia, awesome to see you guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. And that is all for today here on CityCast DC. Our senior executive producer is Priyanka Tilvey. Our senior producer is Julia Karen. Our newsletter editor is Kayla Cote stemmerman And our production assistant is Ash Durbin. Susanna Brown assisted with episodes this week. And our hosts are Bridget Todd and me, Michael Schaefer from Politico. Music is by Alex Roldan. If you enjoyed the show, why not shovel the name CityCast into the snow? At least around Julia's house where apparently people don't clean up. Bye.